The following program is intended for mature audiences. You're listening to Bottom Shelf Recording Talk. Sounds boring. Oh my, yeah. With your hosts, James Seabrook. Okay, you were paying attention, but the idea is clear in my head, but translating it into English is not. That's brutal. I understand the hypocrisy. And Joey Roach. I don't even know what you do. I was just told you were the man. Some people would say I'm overconfident. That could be my ego talking, though. I'm trying to think of the right word. Oh. Yeah. Must be a tough word. Next subject. Uh, you're bored with this one? You don't hear us gassing on about it. Give you in the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. By the way, you know, when you're when you're telling these little stories, you have a big mouth. Here's a good idea. What are you even talking about? Have a point. Why are you airing personal matters with complete strangers? It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. <laughs> uh, what what do you want me to do? <laughs> I don't know. You're the the guy who says good morning to everybody or whatever. Yeah, I, I don't feel like it today. <laughs> I don't know what episode this is. Oh, um, episode 37. Okay, episode 37. Here it is. And apparently I'm the one introducing it this time. <laughs> well, well, we do need you to do more, you know. <laughs> yeah. it's, 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 it's bad enough that you're cuddling with the puppy on the couch while we do the podcast. But it's so... Nice to just listen to some of our guests sometimes, like like Bordeaux when he was in Brazo, 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 Brazo with a Z, not a D. Is it with a Z? Brazo, yeah, Brazo. Okay, maybe you listen to too many people talk about him with speech impediments. Maybe I also don't fully look at any of the names on the system at work, so I just loosely know the names. <laughs> It's like only for the moment that I'm staring at this to confirm that this is the right account. More or less. And then it's gone from your memory. Though there are some customers where like I know their last name and first name just because they come in enough. So I just type in their names and then bring them up like Bill Hansen. That guy guy comes (laughs) along quite so often. He he must live nearby then. uh, He goes to all the Long McQuaid's. Oh, really? Him and his uh, son do, yeah. Why do they spend so much time? Well, because they have a production company. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're just in rentals all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's he's always going all over Alberta doing stuff. Yeah. So he's always renting, like, backline or PA stuff. It's not uncommon for him to rent, like, seven PS15s. See, and, and it it's so weird to hear that a production company is renting all their gear all the time but it makes perfect sense like they're well think about it they're gonna charge I don't know $150 let's say for that gear like that's gonna be their rental fee right and then they pay us like 50 bucks right and they don't have to own they don't have to go into the initial investment of that gear. But that's that's the thing that it it's cheaper for them long term to have purchased well, the gear. All if, the production companies if, do own speakers and they just supplement what they need occasionally I suppose. with our stuff. But if he's if if any production company, not just him, but if any if any production company is is renting that much yeah. to supplement. You know, like I, but there is some gear, especially with all the DJs being the main thing that's going on right now. Right. 
and DJ gear yeah. goes out of style. Like the moment something new comes out, whatever That's was right. the thing that everybody wanted is now worth nothing. Right. And so it makes sense to rent because that way you can always stay up on, on top of it. But the yeah. PA, like, like PA speakers, like a well, public address system that, is, that should be capable of well, uh, anything a DJ wants to do. Most production companies do have their own stuff. Right. But occasionally they need more. And rather than spend the X amount of dollars for... But my, my, my big question around that is if they're in renting all the time that's that's the thing that you know that's the thing that that is the unless it's it unless it really is just all the time they're in there renting that one specialty item that they don't want to have to purchase that's more or less right. what they try to do okay and you know majority of the production companies if they notice that there's a pattern that they're renting that one particular item all the time then they might actually actively buy that thing so what i've noticed in my year of being at lnm that makes sense but majority of the time that when they come in and get, grab stuff it's like it's always different right so i mean they're just grabbing those things because they need it for that one show so it doesn't make sense okay. to buy it i had just it for my, a show yeah and i had it in my head that they were they were especially when you said they you know, well, were renting Bill seven P will seven rent P15s. seven PS fifteens. But I, I don't know. I imagine he does have space for a lot of those speakers because he does have his own PA speakers and stuff. Mm. He has I think it's like two or three X thirty two mixers. Okay. So like he does have his own. It's just occasionally he needs enough for several stages. So he rents a bunch more. Gotcha. But normally he doesn't need that. That's fair. Um, this and is, they're this making money off of it anyway. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, people are people are paying. Why? Right? Why not? Right? Yeah. A lot of production companies see how cheap our rental rates are, and uh, yeah, just a scoop. But uh, yeah, I've I've noticed that a lot of those companies will notice how cheap we are, and realize that you know we can make a decent amount of money off of this item just by renting it through Long McQuaid. I don't know why you passed me the whole thing. I was just trying to not touch your stir stick, so oh. you know. Because I care so much. Well, I don't know. Keeps me in good... One of these days, I'm going to pass someone a stir stick, and they're going to be like, I don't want your grubby fingers all over my stir stick. So, just good habits. <laughs> okay. That'd be like a germaphobe or something. I have friends that are germaphobes. I'm sure... Oh, I have a client that's germaphobe. One you? Of my, yeah, one of my bigger clients. He... He um, he. Early on, asked me to sanitize every handle that he would be touching, so that he wouldn't have to think about it. He could just trust that I'd done it. And of course, that's how. Years ago, that's how I got into cleaning all the, all the earpieces for all the headphones, and 
Oh, I mean, that makes sense that you clear, clean the, uh, headphones, the headphones and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's gross. Like I've seen how much guys sweat in those headphones. Uh, there was a, um, set of ear pods that showed up at work and like, I looked at them. It was just gross to see like how much earwax was caked on them. It's just, <laughs> ugh. you don't want to see mine then. And people think my headphones are gross because they've been like sun bleached and stuff like that. Right. <laughs> I mean, it really just mine look like they're in bad shape because I do wear them all the time. So like the sun has bleached yeah. them. Yeah. They, they look like they've been well worn. Yeah. Yeah. And they have all my... four pairs of them. <laughs> you have four pairs? Uh, of AKG 271s. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's like crazy. Those headphones. So I, I just keep buying backups mm. and spare cables. <laughs> do you I should buy more spare cables actually. Do you, yeah, well now that you have access to the supplier, right? Well, that and I'm, I'm on my last two cables right now. Mm. So I got two cables for four headphones. <laughs> <laughs> do you buy them? Do you buy them used? No. You buy them new? Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. crazy. Uh, only cause the first two sets that I got, um, the solder joints were loose. Mm. And so I had to bring them to Long McQuaid to get soldered. Um, the first pair that that happened to, they just gave me a new pair. Mostly because... That makes more sense. Well, mostly because whoever was supposed to fix them at the time didn't do it. And it, I mean, it could have just been like they saw how tiny the solder points are on those headphones and just said, oh, I can't do this. We're going to ship it to AKG. And then AKG might have forgot about it. But right. I had those headphones in repairs for like three months before <laughs> the people just asked me, hey, hey, has anybody called you about your headphones yet? And I just had to say no. And then they're just like, okay, well, that pair that we gave you for a loaner, that's your pair now. All right. Yeah. I mean, uh, hey, whatever. <laughs> then the second time it happens, they actually like opened it up right there in the store, soldered it, worked fine. So that time was the weirdest because what happened is the solder joint loosened to the point where the phase inverted. <laughs> yeah. How does that happen? I don't know. But it, it, yeah, it, touch the negative or something like that and so like it would like depending on how the cable bounced it would flip the phase and so it would like null out like and randomly? then go back in <laughs> man that would be trippy oh it was trippy it was only going on for about an hour because yeah. like by the end of that hour my head was all weird and I, I just couldn't stand it that's Normally, awesome. when my gear breaks, it's like I'm 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 gonna keep using this until it gets to a point where I can't stand it anymore. Yep. So, like my big knob at home, it makes weird noises occasionally. I'm not gonna fix that <laughs> until it makes weird noises all the time. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's. I mean, I could probably fix it myself too. I could probably just open it up and. The big knob, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's it's a simple enough layout. It's all it's all boards, right? But yeah. Well, I'm I'm just thinking it's a um, 
one of the output put jacks. It's just kind of weird. Mm. Mind the um, the uh, the buttons themselves got loose after so much use, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that they would they would just they wouldn't function or they wouldn't connect, and you'd have to wiggle them. And... I don't use the buttons too often. I use the input and the monitor select buttons all the time, yeah. and then of course the dim and the mono button a lot. I don't use dim. I occasionally use mono. And then I always have all the lights flicked on for my inputs because I don't want to think about it. (laughs) It introduces extra noise, doesn't it? If you crank them, sure, I suppose. But I I don't know. I haven't been cranking too many of my inputs with the exception of for my turntable. Because that's a quiet input to begin with. Yeah. Though I should get a different turntable that doesn't have a Fano amp built into it. Oh, I love and then that. I'll just use the Fano input do of you want the a, big knob. Do you want a um like a Fano to modern um preamp? Like a like an external like it'll attenuate the signal to proper line level. Yeah. I got I got I got an extra old one upstairs. Yeah, um, I love that because then I can actually use proper cables instead of this weird rigged thing that i have <laughs> yeah yeah uh if, if if we remember afterwards um it, it's just it's literally just sitting upstairs it's a lot of faith in our ability to remember i know because that's that's oh, i don't even have the clock up that's 45 minutes from now <laughs> um yeah I, I i i got two in a trade with a guy he basically begged me to take them away because he didn't want them um, and I took one home to use with my record player. It sounds great. Hmm. Like it's, it's old. Like it's, I, I'd be surprised if it's any newer than the late eighties, but, um, it sounds, it sounds fantastic. Yeah. If it converts Fano to line level, I, I'll take, take it. It, and it's, and it's rack mountable. Ooh. Cause I need more things in my rack. <laughs> <laughs> I'm running out of space myself. I need, <clears throat> I've decided I need, oh, I got lots of space. It's just, oh. well, then yeah. what are you complaining about? That's a perfect place to keep it tidy and out of the way. You say that, <laughs> but I like to keep my compressors and things with knobs in my rack. Well, yeah, but and I got this... two racks technically. Yeah. So, don't don't you have extra empty spaces? Oh yeah, I got some like ten spaces that are free. <laughs> so what's the problem? Uh, it's just the I organized my rack. Now I'll have to reorganize it to figure out where I want. <laughs> That's the kind of person I am. It's like if I one buy... item needs to go in. There's ten empty spaces, but I need to reorganize everything because it's just a mess now. Yeah. Because if I oh buy boy. like another compressor and like if I put that underneath my current uh, DBX uh, 160A, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. If I put that Fono amp or converter underneath that and then I buy another compressor, put that underneath that, it's going to bug me. <laughs> nice. All right. You could just put this thing at the bottom. Forget about it. Because it, it, it doesn't have any, it doesn't have any knobs on the front. The, um, the the attenuation um, 
uh, pots are like micro screwdriver recessed pots. So you got to put a little screwdriver in there to turn it. Okay. But it's got, it's got, uh, I don't know, it's got a 30 decibel range. Thinking about it, I have an idea what I can do. Because my rack. Put it in the back. Put it in the, yeah. So you never see it. Yeah. 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 Put it in the back with the power amplifier that I have in the bottom Hmm. on the front. Yeah. Because it probably doesn't take, it's probably not super deep. No, I think including the cables, it might be eight inches deep. Maybe. Yeah, that's not super deep. It should yeah. fit in there, in the back. And then nobody sees it, and I still have all the 10 rack spaces. <laughs> do you have Do you have it organized right now so that future planned purchases will drop just right in the right spot? Or sort of. Or do you plan to reorganize regardless oh, of whatever Chances are I'm just going to continue to reorganize as I go. Because I know what's going to happen is I'm going to want all my compressors in a row. Yeah. And if I have any, like, if I have, say, four DBX 160As, I'm going to want to put all of those next to each other. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Which you should. Yeah. And then eventually I do plan on building a patch bay. Mm-hmm which I'm going to then plug everything in. And that I'm sure sense. that'll be a fun day of cable here, cable there. I should probably buy some bulk cable and ends if mm. I'm going to do that, though. I might sell you the leftover of mine. Although, I don't know. I, if, I might never finish, so I might never be ready to sell. Um, I still have, I still have listed on my, or watched on my eBay, um, uh, a lot of the, uh, the ends, um, that we used for the, okay for the wire here, um, or for the cabling here. So I think I'd want like some thicker cable though. Well, the only difference between the cable, like you mean like thicker shielded cable? Yeah. I gotta, I gotta spool upstairs with um, microphone cable in it. Okay. Um, it's not, I mean, it's it's mostly used, but depending on, like if, if you're just pa- making jump cables and or patch for cables. For the most then, part, I would be. Uh, yeah, then you'd, you'd, you'd probably get a bunch of them out of there. Yeah. I, I just, uh, I just ordered uh, um, a bunch of pre-made cables found a good deal on a bulk buy so I'll finally have enough cables although I get good deal on the Studio One cables they have their own cables? Yorkville has a cable that's called Studio One and oh so nothing to do with the Personas it's like zone. the okay. super high end of Yorkville cables so they have like the gold ethanol ends or whatever oh yeah um and they also come with a lifetime warranty. Nice. So if they ever break, I can bring them in and swap them out for new ones. Yeah, that's a great idea. But yeah, that's still an investment just on cables. 
I mean, it's a great investment. <laughs> it's just do you the remember actual sheer number of dollars I have to spend on cables? It's well, just do you remember? Oh. Do you remember how much it cost us here last summer to to rewire everything? I think I took that out of my head because I still have this idea that I would like to have my own studio. <laughs> I'm not laughing at the have your own studio, but the fact that you took it out of your head. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's that thing of like, I know it will cost a lot and it's like, what do I get out of it? Oh, I could just patch my stuff together, which <laughs> is very important. <laughs> right. But, it's but not at the, the same time, thing. it's like you're, you're spending two grand on cables. <laughs> and that was the, that was the savings too, right? Like if, if we'd bought all of that stuff pre-made, or if we bought all of that, um, like like paid somebody else to make it, um, like that would have easily you know quadrupled the cost. I wonder if I could get the Studio One ends. Huh? Now that I think about it, because I would love to have those ends, and then just get a really good shielded cable. Yeah. Build my own. That actually, yeah, I'll have to research that. Yeah, do it, man. Especially if that idea that you have wandering around comes through, I'd have—I would totally do that then. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna talk about it in detail on the podcast because no worries, no worries. Secrets for another day. I keep looking at over the computer like that's my audience. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm turning to the audience to say this is a secret we're not letting you in on. <laughs> um, which makes me feel dumb every time I every time I do it. <laughs> yeah yeah if that happens I, I definitely will do the whole studio one ends I think yeah but there's there'll also be there'll also be like there'll be a there'll be money on the table to make all that how all that stuff happen right yeah you know but I, I would be probably be maxing well mm. I might not be maxing out my discount but I'd be using it big chunk of what I'm allowed to buy in the year for yeah, that. That's fair. Can you bank previous years? No. <laughs> <laughs> Already discussed that? Well, it's it's made clear that we're only allowed X amount in when, the year. When, what's the rollover? Like, does it? when does it restart? January 1 or something? It, no, it restarts at your time. So, like, for me, mine's going to restart here in November, oh, yeah, I think. Okay. So what we and what, I've used barely any of it. What we would what we would have to do is make sure that we start the project at the end of October, and finish the project at the end of November, so that you can max out on the October, and then max out on the New Year. Well, the <laughs> thing is, is like, I know. I in know, order for me terrible. to buy stuff, it has to go through our accounts guy. And my accounts guy knows how little I make. <laughs> yeah, so well, he knows if I can pay it. But it, but that's the thing is if you if you get um let's say you get a small business loan to put money down. To yeah, to put money down uh and you need to make this investment on certain pieces of equipment, certain things like cables and ends. I mean, I'm sure they'd rather you spend that money at the store than not, right? Well, and it's not like you would be giving up the 
the day job right away anyway. Uh, I doubt I would. Just knowing what I know of the music biz, I, I don't think I'd ever be giving up that that job unless something amazing happened where I became like billboard charting guy. Yeah. Which I'm not naive anymore enough to think that I could be one of those people. <laughs> the conversation last night with with the missus about we have a we have a loft apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really big, not well lit, but really big, really spacious, acoustically very nice. Um, and we had a conversation last night about her turning the second floor, which is our bedroom, into a yoga studio. And and teaching yoga oh, yeah. up there, you know, it's it's got its own bathroom. It's really nice. It's a really nice space, especially during the day. Um, and it lights up really prettily, prettily at night with the lighting scheme that she's got going on. But she doesn't have a yoga business, so you know, it was it was more just a you know fun conversation until I brought up the idea: what if I shut down the studio? And moved a mixing room up there because it would be a fantastic mixing room. There'd be no walls within ten feet of of the mix position. Uh, it would be acoustically like the walls are all no parallel walls whatsoever. Um, lots of reflection, but it's all you know it's all late reflections, and so it would be really easy to cut down, and it would it would be a gorgeous space, and then. I'd save myself the, the expense of the studio and have to, of course, rejigger the whole business. Mm-hmm. She didn't find that fun of a conversation anymore. <laughs> I think she ended the conversation with, I'm not ready to sacrifice that much of my bedroom. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then she offered us, we have a little, a little den that's about half the size of this room. And she offered that. The the console might not actually fit in. That's how small it is. That's how small it is. Yet. Yeah, I don't think that'd be a very good mixer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so immediately after that, I was like, the conversation was dead. Yeah. <laughs> and I and I walk downstairs and I and I walk through the the den to the bathroom downstairs. And the only thing that goes through my mind is. This is absolutely the worst place in this house for me to set up and mix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it was fun. Yeah. My living room's pretty much my mix room. Mm. But you basically live by yourself. Basically, yeah. Yeah. With the exception, with the exception of when Mary comes by. Oh yeah. Or for like the six months prior to her moving to Calgary. She was there all the time. Yeah, that's fair. How long? How long is she? She staying the full two semesters? Is that right? I'm not entirely sure. I think it is two semesters, but it might be three. Oh, she might stay next summer too. We'll take oh, a typical no, semester. No, she'll take four. the summers off. But okay. I think it's like she's two or three years of school that mm. she's got left if she graduates. Gotcha. If she graduate, oh, to well, get to get to graduation, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm wearing this weird, and your dog is barking. She's barking in her sleep. She's 
probably dreaming about chasing pant legs or something. She was barking. She discovered the TV last night. Oh, yeah. And so she was barking at the lions on the TV because <laughs> they wouldn't play with her. <laughs> yeah. At least that's what we think. Yeah. <laughs> she is. She's a puppy. <laughs> yeah. So much of this stuff is new. Um, oh, okay. So you had, you were about to tell me um, what you considered a boring story of three phone calls that you got. I want to oh. hear this. Yeah, in the last week, I've gotten a couple phone calls. I don't know how these people got my number, but they called me and were asking my rates and stuff like that. And the fact that they didn't tell me anything about them to begin with just kind of raised some flags. Right. And they're not, like, super red or anything. It's just this is getting my attention because you're not telling me anything about your project, so how much... how much experience do you have in the studio is what I'm trying to gauge. Right. So I ask them, what is your project like? And, you know, those kind of things. Uh, before I even give them rates, like they're straight up coming up to me and being like, what are your rates? I want to book your studio. And I'm, I'm in a position where I don't have to take every job that comes my way. Right. So I asked them about it and all three, and this is why I don't know how they got my number. All three are like, yeah, we're I'm a rapper or whatever. And just my experience with rappers. And, I mean, this isn't a rip on any rapper for Because, I mean. Some of them are, are fantastic. Some of them are fantastic. With. But the fantastic ones work with their buddies. And they're a very tight-knit group. I'm yeah. not in that group. Yeah. I mean, nor do I really want to be. Because I, I know I wouldn't be very good with that style of music. I at best can make a passable thing for them. <laughs> some of the some of the rappers we get that the they're barely passable themselves. <laughs> okay. But these know, guys are all trying to like push the boundaries of their genre usually. Cool. Okay. Like the really good ones typically are. Yeah. And I don't know enough of the genre to be able to help them do that. I would be happy with a, a 90s rap <laughs> while they're try they're while they're trying to push the boundaries 2016 so yeah. i mean i pretty much just make them sound like the beastie boys or something like that which is not in i don't imagine yeah. is in style right now but i mean uh, that's due. more or less what I, I'm, I'm saying is yeah. i'll make them sound old when they're, trying to sound when they're trying to sound new and current or right. whatever. Yeah. So I'd be a bad fit. And I just know that. So uh, the moment they tell me that, that they're rappers, I just straight up told them, like, yeah, sorry, I don't work with rappers. This is a private studio. I I only work with, like, rock, prog, metal, things that are very guitar-driven. Your music, unfortunately, I can't do much for and then I like listed off. I said, try two bodies of water or one of the professional studios around town because chances are they do a lot better job for you than I can. And two of the three were decent. They're like, oh, I appreciate your honesty. Thanks, Matt. Right. Thanks for giving me these three names or whatever. Leads to follow, yeah. Yeah. 
And then one guy just did the, the, the stereotypical, I'm a rapper, I'm going to be famous, you're going to be sorry for not working with me. <laughs> of which I, I just, you know, after like 30 seconds of this guy just being angry that I don't want to work with him, I just hung up on him. <laughs> like you didn't even say goodbye, you just hung up. Yeah, I'm awesome. not going to sit there and have this guy yell at me because I won't be a good fit for him, and I know it. Yeah. Like, even if this guy is to become famous, like, I would be the worst choice. <laughs> I would derail your career a little bit, and you would have to recover from it because my skill doesn't suit what you're going for. Yeah. That's awesome. I I will not work with rappers. <laughs> you know what? Rappers are the inspiration for this podcast. Well, I know. So and that's it, part of why I will not work with rappers is that whole situation. <laughs> where angry. technically I should have lost money on that. But you were nice enough to not charge me the remainder. Did you did you not lose money on that? I I thought you actually did. Well, I, I gave you my deposit. Right. So you also, all the money that I got paid went to you, but I I think I still owed you like a hundred bucks or something like that something for like the time that. that we booked. Yeah. And you just said, you know what? This sucks that your client didn't show up for both of the days that he was supposed to be here. One so, of which you had to take off work, right? Yeah. Yeah. So then you're just like, you know what? We'll just call it even at what you gave me. Yeah. That sucks, man. I've uh, not to continue to dump on rappers. I'll expand this to um, to Eastern music singers um, between rappers and is that the best way to put it? Eastern music, um, sure. like Arabic, Arabic music. There's a there's a community in Edmonton that's oh, there is right? a community. I. Talk yeah. to them all the time and, at work. And they're usually pretty phenomenal. Yeah. But they are, I don't know if it's a culture thing or if it's a, just a, just a phenomenon of, of, of Edmonton, but I've had a ton of them, not a ton. Let me actually do the, to account. I think it's six this summer between June and the end of August that came to the studio or made an appointment, which I then asked for a deposit, mm-hmm. which they, every single one of them, I'm talking with my coffee hand, which every single one of them had to argue with me about why they don't need to put down a deposit. And every single one of them, the argument was, I'm a good guy. I don't need to put down a deposit. You can trust me. And do you know how many of them actually showed up? I don't know. Zero. Big fat zero. None of, not one single one of them showed up. The ones that did, uh, there, there were others that, um, that uh, we've done, we, we've done some vocal recordings for um, in the Arabic genre. The ones that did put down a deposit, they showed up. But the ones who didn't, didn't. These six that didn't, they just didn't show up, which is exactly why. We take a deposit, right? <laughs> yeah. It, it, that's so strange because, I don't know, maybe it's just because I'm, I'm 
firm with them at work, but it, it does. They do seem to be to me okay with putting their money down. Well, I think an establishment like like the store you work at, they have a reputation that the, and 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 this policy isn't coming from you. So it's not like it's not like the client can argue with you too much. Oh, they still try. They still try. Yeah. But but you have you have this this I mean, unseen authority that you can use overhead to yeah. to back you up, right? And when I say they, I mean people in general still try. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's like everybody wants a deal. Everybody wants an easier road. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Even had one this summer. He was he was hilarious in a very angering way. You would have loved to be a fly on the wall for him. <laughs> and I, I think I've already told you the story, but he he came in, he was high as a kite, um, wanting to another rapper wanted to do something, um, but he wanted it was really important to him that he that he that he'd be able to smoke and drink. And the first thing he argued with me wasn't the deposit. It was the fact that I wouldn't let him smoke in the studio. And he wanted to smoke weed. Yeah. Which is fine. I got no problem with that. But I tell him, like, you got to do it outside. It has to be outside. Otherwise, too bad. Yeah. And so he finally, he finally gives into that. We settle on a time, but he refuses to give me a deposit. Just flat out, flat out refuses. Okay. And, well, I refuse to book the time for you then. Well, and and <laughs> and I was. This summers are always a little slow, so I always tell them, "Look, I'll I'll put you in the calendar, but I'm going to make a note that you didn't put down a deposit. And if someone else calls for that time before you've put down a deposit, I'm giving it to them. You can show up, and you and you're not going to have that time because someone else is paying for it. Right. Yeah, as long as you're upfront about that. Yeah. Anyway, so no one ended up booking this time, but something else did come up, and it was another project that I wanted work to get done on, and I decided to do it that night. Right. His time comes along. He doesn't show up, and I expected him not to show up because he didn't put down a deposit. And then about 45 minutes into his time, he calls me and says, hey, man, I'm on my way. I'm like, excuse me? I'll be there soon. Click. It doesn't say who he is, right? Like, I mean, I didn't know it was, didn't specifically know it was this guy. Right. Like, All right. Someone's going to be showing up soon. <laughs> Fantastic. And he shows up, shows up an hour and 15 minutes late for his originally booked time. Mm-hmm. And now wants to start recording. I don't have any setup for him. I hadn't planned on him being there because he didn't put down a deposit, and he showed up late. Yeah, and so I'm I'm already like I'm already settling into working on a mix or something, and I don't want to shut down what I was doing to set up for him so he can, like he was clearly stoned out of his mind again. And let him lay down this inspirational moment of, you know, I got this thing going on. I really got to get it out of me, you know, then record it at home. I know. And, and, and he was a, <laughs> you know, how I, I'm, I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of a coward in the face of, of people who are just bigger than me. 
and he was easily four or five inches taller than me. And he had bigger, broader shoulders and like his hands looked like they could probably, he looked like he should have been a basketball player because his hands looked like they could probably just grab my face and bounce me off the floor. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, stoned or not, I was still, you know, I'm still a little like, you know, my heart's racing uh, because you know, I'm that guy. Yeah, I don't <laughs> but, have that issue because I'm one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And 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 he he tried to argue with me, but he was really stoned and really like mellowed out. And I I just flat out like the more I talked to him, the more angry I got, and the more outwardly angry I got, mm-hmm. or I, I, I became. And he finally just got frustrated with me and left. Um. But it was just such a, you know, like. I imagine the conversation was more or less like, no, you didn't pay for this. So I'm not giving it to you. Yeah. You were unwilling to put down a deposit. You're, you, you didn't even show up on time to the, to, to the thing you didn't put down a deposit for. And now you're expecting me to drop what I'm doing an hour and a bit later just so that you can, you can do something that I'm not even sure you're going to pay me for. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. So, so, so he left and he was, he seemed disappointed, but he also seemed too, too, too stoned to be angry. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, that was, I I didn't tell you that story before. Cause it, it was, um, I bet I was saving this, it for a podcast. I don't know. Some parts of it sound, sound kind of familiar. Familiar. But it's like also, I do remember there was a time where I came in here and you were worried about some guy coming back because mm-hmm. you had recently angered him or something like that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, another rapper. <laughs> um, this, this was a, like, a, like, a, like a three event story. So the first event is he wants to book some time. And he, he he calls me up. It, it's um, it was a Friday night, and it would have been like ten o'clock at night when I get the call. And I'm pretty close to the end of my end of my day. I'm I'm mixing or I'm editing or I'm something. Not not super active. So, you know, wants to come by to see the studio because he wants to rent some time. Wants to book some time to um, to do some rapping. I'm like, okay, that's cool. He says, I'll come over right now. I go, okay. You know what? That's, that's fine. Come on over. He comes over, brings his entire family, his wife, his three kids. And he doesn't look, he doesn't, doesn't specifically look old enough to be the father of three, but I mean, who knows, right? Right. Um, if he was, if he was older, he was really well, he was really well kept. Like he had a, had a, had a youthful, but not childlike face. But anyway, um, that's such an irrelevant detail. (laughs) (laughs) So he comes over and he's clearly drunk. Like he's clearly had too much to drink, but handling it pretty well. His wife was driving. So I was thankful of that. And and they take a look at the studio and they're impressed and they're happy to to start something. So we booked some time. Like the I think we might have booked like the following the following week, maybe like a Thursday or maybe it was another Friday night. Um, great. Okay. 
even lays down a deposit. I'm thinking this is fantastic. This is a, this is a rapper that is serious about his, about his stuff and a family man, which, which makes it even better. You know, like he's, he's, he's not, he's not throwing his way, throwing away his money. He's going to make a good investment. That's fantastic. Anyway, he comes back for the session. His wife comes again and only one of his kids this time. The other two, I guess, are off doing something. He is not just over liquored. He is smashed, like smashed, hardly able to, to form words. And in all, in all honesty, I didn't see him drink. So maybe, maybe he's got like a health condition that, that makes him like that. But I had no, I had no thought other than this guy is clearly drunk. So we're getting nothing useful after an hour out of him. He's not sobering up. He's not, he's not getting better. He's in fact getting worse. And so I say to him, listen, I think we should, I think we should end the session now. I'll not, it was, it was a late night anyway. Uh, I, I won't charge you for this. We'll, we'll move your deposit. We'll, we'll, we'll take your deposit and, and, and put it forward to something else um, that we'll book in the future. And we'll look at a couple weeks down the road when I think he'd use the excuse that he was kind of feeling like he had the flu or something. And so yeah. I just, I, I just kind of I went you with just that in the dialogue. Went with right? it to... Yeah. And I'm like, let's in a couple weeks when you're feeling better, we'll, we'll reschedule this and, and, um, and we'll just use your deposit towards that. It'll be fine. And he's, he thinks that's a great idea. Wife seems on board. Everybody's happy. Um, they go home. I get a call 6 a.m. the next morning. The next morning. Okay. I got to get in right now. He's not as drunk. Might not even be drunk. Might have sobered up by then. Right. Um, but he has to come in right now. 6 a.m. I have a client showing up at 8. Yeah. To do a day's worth of recording already. And... I have to tell him no. I was like, I, I, I can't help you out. Gets really angry. Not violently angry. Like he's not, he's not swearing, but you can like just in the words and the, the, the shift of tone, you can tell he's just like really pissed off and almost insulted that, you know, like I, I, I can't help you out. I'm sorry. Like this is the situation I'm booked. I can't move that client to make space for you. Your appointment was last night and I've already agreed to not charge you for that. And we're rescheduling in a couple weeks. There's nothing I can do for you right now. So he hangs up the phone. I don't hear from him until the Sunday night to the end of the weekend. He calls me up again. He says, we need to reschedule what we're doing. I, uh, I want to cancel the booking that I have with you and I got to relook at my calendar. I'm like, that's fine. No worries. We're got a couple weeks anyway before it's going to happen. Four days later on the Thursday, I'm on my way out of town on my way out of town to do a gig in Calgary, um, on the Friday. And it's going to be a Thursday setup all day gig Friday. And I'll, I'll be back like Saturday morning at like four in the morning. But he calls me 11, like 11 o'clock in the morning. He says, I want my money back. 
You didn't give me what uh, what you what, what I paid you for. I want my money back. I'm like I'm already kind of annoyed by this guy for being mad at me for <laughs> for you know for talking to him at 6 a.m. Yeah, and I say fine, no problem. Um, I'm on my way out of town right now, uh, but I'll be back on Saturday. Call me on Saturday. We'll figure we'll figure something out um, to get this back. And so he calls me on Saturday. Wants to come by on Saturday. And I say, that's fine. Um, and I'm, I have, I have, I think it was a hundred, hundred or 120 bucks. I have it out of the bank, which cost me money into an envelope, which cost me money sealed and ready to give back to him. All every penny that he gave me. Right. And I, and I, um, I think, I can't remember. Oh, I think it was Anthony. Um, we were, we were in the studio setting up for a big session on Sunday and, you know, getting things just all prepped and the guy shows up I can hear him show up. Cause I can hear his big shiny Escalade pull up outside the door. Right. <laughs> and, and he pulls up and he's got a whole fucking posse with him. Like he's got him climbing out of the driver's seat two big guys that climb out of the back seat and another big guy that climbs out of the passenger seat. <laughs> and, and I, and I walk out and I hand him his money and, and I say, here you go. Here's your money. Um, I, I got to go back in. We're, we're doing setup for, for another project. And I'm trying to leave it at that. Right. He takes the money. He says, Hey, no, wait, I want to show my boys around your studio. And, and the fear disappears momentarily. Right. Because <laughs> again, like all four of these guys are bigger than me. <laughs> and they all kind of look angry. Like they all kind of have that, that we're trying to look tough look about them. So they have that scowl on their face. Right. And, you know, anyway, I, like, I momentarily lose my anger and I turn around and I start lecturing him. <laughs> I start saying, you're the one that came in drunk. You're the one that's asking for your money back. I gave you free time because you were drunk and with the agreement that we'd reschedule. And now you want to take your buddies and show them around my studio, which is going to cost me time. It's not happening. And then I see all of them just get angrier. And I was like, oh my God. I got to go inside <laughs> and I just kind of run away back inside, lock the door, <laughs> hide in the control room, sitting in that chair for like a couple minutes. And I, I ask Anthony, are they gone yet? <laughs> are they gone yet? And he says, yeah, they're getting in there, escalating. They're driving away. <laughs> but I was so like, I had that, just that moment of anger. And, and I don't know, I don't know if you've seen it, but I have these, I have these angry outbursts where all I want to do is go all like father figure on people and lecture. (laughs) (laughs) But that was, that was definitely one of them just like blind to the situation. And, and I got to wag my finger and (laughs) here's what I got to tell you. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I mean, no, I, I remember a morning where you were worried about that guy coming. And I think mm. you vaguely told me that story. And then we're glad I was there because here I am, this tall person. Oh, maybe <laughs> maybe that was you helping me with the setup that Saturday then. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. 
I just yeah. know there was a morning where like you were glad I was around because you thought mm. that guy was going to come by. Yeah, so that was probably that was probably you instead of Anthony. Maybe. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. Yeah, it was a it was a it was a stressful situation that didn't need to be stressful. Um and it, you know, my, my expectations. That's the biggest thing I think. I I should I I need to take away from it is my expectation was that this guy because he showed up with his family, because he he made a deposit, um, that he was yeah, he was going to take this seriously, and then of course he shows up either sick or drunk, and and I try to do right by him, yeah, and then he just turns around and you know gets all diva, I guess. Probably not, but yeah, different term. I don't know. Anyway, so. <laughs> Um, that's my experience with like most people who don't have studio experience or like even really professional music experience. Right. Is they expect it to be all, I don't know, I guess like the movies, I suppose. But the thing is, is the movies don't tell you like how much work actually goes into being professional and like what kind of demeanor you need yeah. to in the business like you they embellish personalities so that it is good tv or good movie right because that, that's hollywood yeah when in reality you act like that it's like nobody's going to let you get away with it because either they're going to refuse to work with you and tell you to get the hell out of their studio Especially, especially when you're starting, right? Oh yeah, right. Like well, once you're established, I mean, I I would imagine, I I would be happy to put up with that kind of attitude coming from Snoop Dogg, or you know, same time a, though Eminem or Dr. Dre or whatever, you know, <sighs> Alicia Keys. Oh God, I would put up with anything <laughs> to work with her. But from what I hear of all those people at that level, is they don't necessarily act that way unless you fuck up right and then and then there's there's a there's a good reason for the for the frustration right yeah yeah but they don't they don't act that way because they know they know they need everybody at their best which means you got to keep morale high and or they've or they've been properly educated on studio protocol that and you know the studios they're going into like those places also actively train their interns and their runners and stuff like yeah like runners you, you do not talk to the client if you talk to the client you're out of here <laughs> yeah, yeah the only people talking to the client have to talk to the client <laughs> mm -hmm. and then you do what those people tell you to do right they tell you to get a coffee you get the coffee yeah clean the windows you do that like you listen to them and you don't say a word <laughs> unless <laughs> yeah. Specifically yeah. asked for a word. It's, and like, yeah, the, there's studio etiquette. And like you're, if you're an assistant engineer, you're here an hour before the client will be here. And you're setting up those microphones. <laughs> if not more, right? Yeah. You know, there's how many times? You're making sure that there's coffee in the 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 break room. Yeah. And if not... You're sending a runner to go get coffee. 
or yeah. to go get fresh grounds or to go get yeah more muffins, more chocolate muffins. Changing the garbage bags. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and that's... And so, you know, artists at that level expect certain things and when they don't, yeah, they might get pissy because they're expecting something and right. it should happen like that in a professional environment. Yeah. And if they don't see it, they justifiably are going to get it mad. Yeah. Well, and, and, and so many, so many studios are even, are even downsizing on, on those people, you know, on, on the, on the runners, on the assistants or the junior well, assistants. They might be downsizing on the people doing that stuff, but everybody is doing that stuff. Yeah. And everybody has to know what their role is. Yeah. Yeah. Even even the artists, you know, they have to know what everybody's role is. Or or they at least have to know, well, maybe not. And, and I mean, that's another thing that people who don't have professional music experience just don't get. They think an artist comes into the studio and they're writing their songs right then and there. And they don't realize, like, that's not typically how it works how it typically yeah. works is you right. write the songs before you go into the studio because they hear stories like prince who writes yeah. a song in the morning records it over lunch in the afternoon mixes it in the late afternoon and it's on radio by 6 p.m like they hear that kind of story and they think well that's but well if he did it that's got to be easy but that's prince and the guy's freaking a <laughs> i don't like using the term genius but he is a musical genius it's like he yeah. just, he knows so many instruments, so it just, he starts playing and he has a song and he's just playing. He's yep. not necessarily knows what he's doing. He's just going with whatever is going on and what happens is more or less a song and the guy can do that. He is a talented human being. <laughs> Probably 99% of musicians are not, are not that talented. No. Even like the really good talented guys, like studio players and stuff like that, aren't at the same level as Prince. Exactly. Prince is. Was. Well, yeah, was, I guess. <laughs> I mean, but, uh, uh, yeah. No, if you've. I don't know. Because I guess I, I, I actively look into like these careers of musicians and stuff like that. Like, if you watch videos of Prince, like the guy is. Set him in front of a piano. And then just magic happens. Mm -hmm. Give him a guitar, magic, magic happens. happens. Give him drums, a great groove happens. Yeah. Like that's, that's like a one in a billion mm -hmm. talent. <laughs> you don't, yeah, no, it's, you hear stories like that and like, stories like that are amazing. And that's why people tell that story of like, hey, I'm, doing an entire song in a day yeah. it's it is amazing that he can do that in a day yeah and it's a good story yeah but your guy who's never played a guitar in his life going into the studio and doing that it's not gonna happen no yeah um cool i really enjoy these episodes where it's just you and i yeah they can be fun yeah we're gonna have more in the future but we gotta go especially when i'm right about synths <laughs> exactly right <laughs> shout out to the gravy follow our hosts on twitter 
at Two Bodies of Water. You got that mic in a comfortable spot yet? I'm still working on it. At Joey R. Engineer. I can't even talk. I don't remember what my point was. This is a boring podcast. Um, I realized at the end of this, we didn't introduce ourselves. On to the internet you go. Go switch off.